What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? Um, I didn't really do nothing today because I worked really hard at work last night. Like, really had to do some physical labor. So I was sweating and everything. So I did not go to the gym or do anything today. I actually made some potatoes that were sitting in my house that I needed to cook. You know, you gotta cook those potatoes before those little gnats come or something weird so did that made some cinnamon rolls burnt them probably a sign from above that i didn't need to eat them um and ate some leftover chipotle that my husband bought yesterday i have still i think i've beat the doordash bug i have not ordered it i've not been tempted to order it um yeah um dealing with our children um you know when you have children especially like I don't I don't care what age adults or anything you know when they go through things in life you know you just you've been there and done that and it's such a interesting thing as a parent to me I learned so much from me and a mom um it just the stuff that I told my children not to trip off of, I still trip off of, but I would never tell them that. But I tell them, like, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. Because when life changes, especially when it has something to do with, like, your job or something like that, you know, I don't want my, my sons to get too down on themselves about stuff. And I know I do the exact same thing, but as a parent, you tell, it's so interesting how you tell everybody else not to do stuff and then you do it. But I learn a lot because when I look at them and, you know, you just, you know, you have to know that, like, I know that, you know, that's how God probably looks at me. Like, why is she tripping? She going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's the same way. I And I try to, like, everything that I go through or even my children experience in life, I know it's a reason and a bigger reason for it. And uh, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, when things that are happening in my life are not things that I like, I, I try to figure out why this is happening. You know, I understand things are going to happen because this is not happening on earth. I always tell my boys that, um, but just a little things and it's not nothing major happening to them. It's just life things happening. My oldest is having some issues with his apartment and he's adulting and, you know, and then, and then with your children, like one thing about being a parent man like you could just be wanting to chill and like i promise you my son's gonna text me he's had this leaky some leak going on in his apartment and it's caused his bill to be high and this guy it cracks me up how much of a stickler he is for money he's called me every day to figure out what it is and and we are i like try to show him how to turn off his toilet via youtube and he's just adulting and it cracks me up how like he does not want to spend this money which is funny because he'll door dash all day but when it comes to paying them bills, baby, he is tight with that money, which I'm happy for. But it's just, it's interesting watching my sons grow up. And I'm in that, that, that loophole in life where like, I have to let them grow up. One, because they're men and two, because they're adults. <laughs> but, and three, I'm just not always going to be here. And so, and I know they straight, I know God got them, you know what I'm saying? And, and so it's like, I have to constantly also remind myself that because I would love to fix every problem they have. And, you know, I can't, I could, 
if I wanted to just show up slapping people, make them do what I want, but that's just not how the world works now, is it? But it's just funny how you look at their perspective and you look at your perspective of the things you go through in life. And it's like a grain of salt to me because I'm just an old dog in the game and they're just new going and having new experiences and stuff. And it's just like, I want them to win so bad. And I have to know, and you have to know that God wants us to win so bad. And he does. I'm not trying to be corny or cliche or whatever. It's just true. You know, everything is going to be all right in the end. And the stuff that we worry about and get stuck on, you know, it's just temporary. And, you know, one thing is I try to instill in my boys, it's like anything material where there's a job, I would even say a woman (laughs) or anything that is just not like life is still going to go on. And I just don't want you to be stuck in in a situation a, f- a mood too long that is gonna cause you to feel like this is the end from in for me because it's not they have so much more to go and we all have so much more to go even me even though I say I'm old I still have so much life to live and stuff so just remember that today whatever you're going through and just remember that like you know as much as you can fix everybody else's problems always remember yourself too always take care of yourself too and you know, like I said, being a parent is a selfless job, man, because you can just be having your day and then your kids come and call you with some mess. And it's like, man, I just wanted to chill. I didn't want to give advice today, but here I am. So hopefully this helps you or helps anybody out there that is just dealing with a little annoying, agitating situation where there be somebody on your job or or something just bothering you just know that like God got you he's not gonna let nothing happen to you and whatever you're going through you build for it you build for it and if you don't feel like you are it's people around you that'll remind you that you are and so hopefully me I'm reminding you all out there and you know I know that God is reminding me just like I remind my boys that it's gonna be all right you know what I'm saying and so yeah I had to say, you know what I'm saying? Because I got, I'm spitting game right now. Feel me? (laughs) But other than that, y'all, I really didn't do anything. I was watching Living Single today. And I was like, Latifah, like, I've always known Queen Latifah was gay. But like, now that I watch the show and I know she's completely out of the closet. It's just like, how are we ever believing Latifah was straight? Cause she's not straight like she's nothing straight about her on that show but she played the role i guess i never believed it i always believed she liked women but you know that's just me um but yeah i did that and i literally just chilled for the most part and just contemplated life and just how funny it is and how you know sometimes we get stuck on trivial things that we shouldn't get stuck on and you know we do that but let's get into this news i i glanced at the news a little bit today but it wasn't anything too exciting going on let me see so the canadian auto workers union reached their labor deal with ford averting a strike so how come canada can do it and the u.s still can't um baby born with 26 fingers and toes held as a reincarnation of Hindu goddess 
Interesting. Ex-wife of the Wolf of Wall Street confirms weird movie detail. I wonder if that's the one where she's showing her her crotch. <laughs> so there's this rapper called Sexy Red. And her she has a song called Pound Town. And I always sing it sometimes because it's funny and it's really stupid. But it's it's some of the lyrics, and I'm quoting this loosely, was my coochie is pink and my booty hole is brown. And I think it's like a really funny lyric to me. And I thought nothing could get more ridiculous until I was listening to a City Girl song. And she said, my coochie pink, breast cancer week. And I was like, really? Is this where we are? I mean, you know, y'all used to laugh at like... Uh, chicken tastes like wood hip hop hippity hip and 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 so I just want to know which one which lyrics are more ridiculous these days um let's see what else we got going on here unfortunately a lot of people are dead per usual um so Lauren Barbobert who is uh she's like some house representative she's like a a big time maga person but she was like in the in a movie theater getting fondled and like pretty much beating the meat of the guy that she was with i don't know if they was on ecstasy or what man but it was an interesting video but a lot of people are coming after her especially the LGBT because she's like a very she's very much anti-LGBT and so they're like how come um you know you're in the video in the movie theater where children are present doing all this and um <laughs> I just saw a funny meme but and um you know, she's anti-LGBT. This meme I seen was like, somebody said I just ate two burgers from Wendy's for one cent and now my neck won't turn. Y'all are dumb. Y'all better, y'all, y'all gonna eat the one cent burgers or nah? I ain't gonna mess with it. I mean, I'm sure it's nothing wrong with them, but I ain't gonna do it. So a man who was accused of killing nearly two dozen older women has been killed by his prison cellmate in Texas. I wonder, I mean, not that, you know, it's RIP to him, but I just wonder what was the straw that finally made him get killed. So Steve Urkel's little cast had like a reunion the other day. And I don't know, maybe Steve has been like averting them because they had like a whole thing about him and the mom on there not getting along. But, uh, let me see. I guess she maybe she felt like so. Harriet was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. I don't know if you remember that show. And so she was supposed to be the star of the show, and Steve came along and kind of stole her thunder. And so I guess that began the the whole thing of it. They said that he tried to fight her on set during a scene disagreement on TV One. He said he never really felt welcome by the cast. This info came out a couple of years ago. Wow, so they really 
I mean, I mean, he was a star of the show. He went from the nerdy kid to, you know, but let's listen. Sorry, you're not here. I miss you. I would say, you know what, baby, I still love you. You know, we, we as we grow, we learn, we change. You know what I'm saying? And and we get it, we get a little, a little more accepting of life and everything and all. And I would like to say, if you're here, I can help you. I will, because I don't hold anything, and I don't want you to hold anything either. I still love you. I still see you as a little boy that you were. So Steve really ain't effing with them, huh? I mean, they say, and that's why I be hating about TV when you find out in real life they didn't get along. You thought, like, you know, and all of them were really good actors. I really can't say any of them were bad actors, even though they kept changing. Because that little girl that was on there, they never brung her back. But, uh,. Snoop Dogg reveals he smokes about 11 blunts a day. Interesting. Not shocking. I would think it would be more. If you were to ask me how many blunts a day to Snoop, I would give you a, a straight 20 of them. Had to be. So yeah, I saw this video on TikTok. Columbus police say they're investigating a report that a father was told by officers that his 11-year-old daughter could face charges after he called to report that she had been a victim of an online predator. Um, and so they're investigating because yeah, the police like showed up a lot later. I guess their daughter sent some nude, some some nude photos to an older dude, and one like I said they came really late and then instead of the police officers like wanting to take a report of what happened they were like well we can charge your 11 year old daughter for porn because she sent out porn it was just they kind of like they showed up like late and then they were kind of like laughing about something so they just really had a callous attitude and so the dad pretty much told them to take a hike but luckily it was all on ring cam so hopefully they get rep- reprimanded in some kind of way because if that's just how y'all handling 11 year olds doing something like that that is not cool wastewater data suggests that the recent uptick in covid cases may have peaked at least in some areas but experts warn that people should still protect themselves so i don't know maybe they're thinking i don't know one minute y'all saying COVID's back with the vintage now y'all saying it's peak which one is it bro so that plane which I talked about yesterday it was the jet that the pilot ejected out of the jet was like missing for 24 hours they couldn't find it and although it's a stealth plane there's like no way they can find it for 24 hours and they found like remnants of it two hours away my thing is if it still flew for two hours why did the pilot eject out of it? Very strange. Let's see what else we got. A New England Patriots fan was killed after an altercation with a Dolphins fan. These uh, football stadium fights, they just never stop happening. Like every season you're going to see them. They just never stop. And sometimes the women are worse arguing with the men. 
see what else we got. Just more murders, but some things I'm going to talk about when I have more context to it. Just going to take me off track to read this whole thing of it, but... Yeah. See what else we got here. See what's trending. No football today, so that's a good thing, I suppose. Well, a Maryland grandmother gets a four-year prison sen- sentence after her nine-year-old grandson accidentally shoots and kills a teenager. Um... He accidentally shot a 15-year-old girl while showing off the gun, saying she failed to secure the gun. She was convicted of reckless endangerment and firearm by a minor. My thing is in this, and I agree with this sentence, but how come none of the school shooters' parents ever go to prison either? That's something I don't understand. Because, yeah, if you have a weapon and you have underage kids, it should be secured. But why can none of the school shooters' parents never get locked up either? Supposedly, they're going to make flying taxis. They don't even have flying cars yet. They're going to make drone-like vehicles designed to carry four passengers. And Pilot has accumulated 30,000 hours of testing and prototypes. So, flying taxi could be coming near you. So, this is going to be in my story time. And this is an MGM suffering daily losses of $4 million to $8 million due to an ongoing cyber attack. Um, MGM International could be losing millions of dollars every day that is under a cyber attack. According to genuine industry analysts, the company could be facing a daily revenue of 4 to $8 million loss. New York-based groups equity, equity analysts predicts that MGM can face 10% to 20% revenue and cash flow reduction due to the ongoing cyber security attack, which has persisted for two weeks. MGM typically generates about $42 million in daily revenue and $8 million in daily cash flow. As of Sunday, MGM had not given any updates on the status of its computer systems and there was no new additions. Despite numerous acclaims, Complaints MGM maintains that payroll is executed as scheduled on Friday, contradicting uh, reports from alleged employees who claim they hadn't been paid on time. So I have a story time on it. Just some of the people saying what was happening to them when they're staying in there. But yeah, cyber tax is real. <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. I'm going to go ahead and get into our Reddits. Let's go.
what instantly ages someone? I would think smoking, worrying, gossiping, night shifts in the emergency department, back pain, yes, hip pain too, having a spouse that contributes nothing to your relationship and allows your family to slip further and further into debt without caring and you're only going to be a couple of bills away from bankruptcy, dang, grief, Wow. Kind of depressing. Let's see here. People who have stayed in a relationship after their partner cheated. How was it like after? What are y'all saying here? This is interesting to me. It was super short-lived because of the hardcore projecting. Because she cheated. She assumed that I was going to cheat with all... My women's friends, she became super controlling and didn't want me to have women friends. I ended up leaving because my sh- my friendships were more important than a broken relationship. Well, dang, why'd you stay in the first place? I drew- truly believed I would rise from it and forgive him and get over it and come out of it stronger. It was never the same. I lost that trust and I couldn't get it back. And eventually I stopped caring to want it back. It was a seven-year relationship. And although I don't regret it, I sometimes wish I knew to walk out sooner but it made me realize that I really deserve and it led me to a forever man in my life who treats me so well and loves me and honors me in our commitment amen amen it's it's it somebody said a ticking time mom that's what I would think because it's like you're constantly watching and waiting you know I know for me in the past with cheating you never it's never the same like you know and you just kind of like it just it just you just it's hard to come back off of it and it just it causes so much damage like it's hard to like pretend like that that never happened a lot of people do though if you're a woman have you ever asked a guy for a d-pick if so why no because they are already beat you to the punch number one somebody said no somebody said i traded pictures somebody said yes i went on a date instant chemistry talked and texted some really intense dialogue got horny as hell wanted to see the d i asked him to send me a video and pics and now we solve all the time he is a beautiful cock life <laughs> this is hilarious but that intense dialogue it's hilarious I almost feel like a man wrote that a lot of women are like no simply not interesting but some women I mean I'm like is this real like is this really real How different are men while dating that have sisters versus not sisters? Somebody said, how would any of us know? Presumably all of us fall in one or the other group. I don't know. I never dated a man. Yeah, that's kind of a confusing question. What are some pieces of clothing that women wear that men actually love? Every single time this question gets asked, number one is sundress. So the men still like the sundress. 
I love when my wife wear crop tops. Just like seeing the little peak of the tummy, not in a sexual way. It's just cute. They also make her all confident, and that's cute too. Sundresses. And like sundresses, lady, ladies. So many sundresses. Glasses and jeans. Winter clothes. Sweater dresses, thigh highs, pencil skirts. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so there you have it. Let's get into these story times, y'all. Let me see what I got for y'all. Reason why I don't want you in my because you're unreliable and your hygiene is not up to par. I was just fed up. I don't want you in my told Brianna in the past about her hygiene issues and nothing's changed so when it came up to my fashion show I didn't want to deal with it I'm just fed up with Brianna's thing and I know everybody else is too you act like I it's an everyday thing it's a hygiene thing yeah. with you well it's, it's pretty much every time I see you no it's not we all have an issue with it it's not just Tanya it's embarrassing for all of us because we smell like the funky bunch hell I even tried to wash you one time Tanya's point is way out of proportion. No, I don't have hygiene issues. I have a chemical imbalance. And the fact that Tanya can't give me the respect of talking privately is even more messed up. <laughs> this is a very sensitive subject. This is not something to just throw in front of the girls like a piece of gossip. Have you gone to a doctor about it? No, I haven't gone to a doctor about it. But how are you working on it? What do you do? Do you have a regimen? Oh my God, are you serious right now? Yeah, because I have a regimen. I'm, I'm telling you, you guys are you guys have always attacked her but and you know what I'm, I'm i'm sick of it okay but you go to bat for her and you going off on me when we went to work out is just like threw me for a loop because it wasn't even your battle to fight yeah but i i feel like as a friend i'm gonna still call you out on your bull i know the girls have told me to mind my own business and let brianna fight her own battles but come on they're just being a bunch of mean girls you did something wrong. Look, flat out, I can't change my the title of my book. Like, it's already out there. My book is going to come out eventually. It's going to have the word fierce in it. I don't want you to go, oh, you copied Tara. That's what I'm pissed off about. If I was Brianna, I'd be pissed off, too. Because she's a all the time. She wears these gosh damn shirts. I don't give a about the word fierce. That's the sad part, is you really don't give a I don't All care. you care is about yourself, and you don't care about hurting others. You know, that's why I'm She said, told me tons of negative about you. She wanted you out of her life at one point. 
know I do not want you to live life. Girl, you wanted everyone out of your life. If they don't like Matt, you don't want them no, in they life. on me, and if they underestimate me, and they keep attacking me, that's what I want out of my life. Maybe you need to find different friends. Is hitting the fan and landing right on Brianna. Tani is bitching at her about hygiene issues. Terry is screaming about the fierce word, and Jasmine is trying to defend Brianna, although I ask her to stay out of this. Brianna is at the center of all these problems, and she needs to learn how to fight her own battle, or this war will never end. Oh, it's okay for you guys to fight together, no, but I can't fight with her. But why do you bring something to her and then she, if you know it's gonna be a problem, she would be living her happy life. Oh my gosh, she knows about it. And I and I I do agree that you shouldn't be able to get away with She wouldn't with even notice like that. that. So you think I'm stupid? If this was going to be your book, mm -hmm. A, I would have protected myself. The same thing because it was the little women and they were talking about hygiene and I do I be listen this gonna be bad but I do wonder how they wipe their little butts <laughs> sorry and they was arguing about that and they said that they were gonna be the funky bunch and it just I know this is terrible but yeah she said she didn't want to be the funky bunch but yeah that's the only reason they had a little argument, pun intended. So the short, longer the story is, no, I'm not a reporter. My page doesn't even have this type of content. So I'm just saying what I know of the situation. And if you want more thorough, specific information, then it's everywhere online. But um, hackers got into the MGM and Caesars Palace um, database. So they have full control of their computers. Um, their slot machines, their lights, even their room key cards, they don't work. The guests have to use manual keys. Um, the ransom was 30 million. Caesars met them halfway, paid 15 million. Um, as of this point, MGM hasn't paid anything, which I was confused about because I'm like, they daily make 33 million. That's their daily revenue, so why not just pay it? Come to find out, the hackers have created so many back doors where if they somehow get booted off of the the network, they can just get right back on through all of the little mini back doors that they set. So they're going to have to build a complete new infrastructure, network system, all of that. And that can cost billions of dollars. How they initially got in was through a 10-minute phone call. So apparently one of the hackers was looking on LinkedIn, found an employee of MGM, found out what his credentials was, contacted IT, said, hey, I can't log on to the system. So IT reset the password, and that's how they got in. It was wild. And they never hack anything good. Like, I mean, the and these hackers, they be getting, I mean, they be going in. 
Y'all, I'm not gonna lie, this Kurt Franklin documentary on YouTube was 35 minutes and it tore me up. Imagine being one of the greatest gospel artists of all time, 53 years old, and finding out that you've been lied to your whole life and your biological father has lived down the street from your studio your whole life. Imagine thinking you got closure and buried your real father to find out that's not the daddy. Imagine your mama still lying to you after the proof is right in her face. So it starts off with Kurt talking about his life and his childhood. He got adopted by this lady named Gertrude who was 64 years old and he was four years old. First of all, Gertrude is one of the oldest names in the book. That's like Agnes and Margaret. Imagine looking at your baby for the first time and be like, yeah, I'm gonna name my baby Gertrude. You hate your baby. And what is the nickname for Gertrude? Gerger, true, true, like please. And he was detailing his childhood, basically saying that he didn't have no friends, no birthday parties, no nothing. He was just him and his piano. Also say his biological mother would come see him two to three times a year. But my thing is that why even come see me? Because I would want to go with you every time. Stop coming to see me. Just leave me where I'm at. You coming to see me randomly does nothing for me while I'm at home playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star by myself. Please leave me alone. We then jump to present day where he's recording his 13th studio album and filming the process. Let me get y'all together real quick. I see a lot of y'all talk about why is he using cameras? Is this for drama? Is this for TV? Like y'all don't record yourself getting out of bed, getting ready with me videos, going to lunch, brunch, and hunch. Let this man do what he do. So anyways, while recording album kirk talks about his friend melody with the hat on that he has known since she was a child melody tells kirk that it's a funeral for his biological auntie who passed away but kirk said he's not going because his mama's gonna be there and he ain't seen her for 23 years now i don't blame him for not going because technically that's not my auntie because i don't even know who my mama is really second of all at funerals everybody be trying to catch up i'm not trying to catch up and relish with y'all mustards that's exactly what happened because you know black people love to be messy and go off topic so a guy named rick came to the funeral talking about that he used to date kirk mama deborah when they was kids one thing about black people they love a room so they start talking about, oh, he got Kirk eyes, Maury. He got Kirk nose, Maury cheeks, Maury. The rumor is going around. So Kirk mama reach out like, hey, if you would like to talk to me about the rumor, oh, now you want to talk because your name is running through these streets and avenues and boulevards. The voicemail ends, but you know I would never lie to you. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Swiper, no swiping. My question, though, is how did the conversation with Rick even come up with him dating Deborah? Like, did he go up and say remarks and say that? Or how did they even come up? Because why would you just randomly come say that at a funeral? Rick then takes a DNA test, gives it to Melody, and tells her to give it to Kirk and tell him he can do whatever he wants with the DNA test. Kirk said that in his past, a lot of men have came up and said, oh, yeah, I'm your father, and it wasn't even that. But he said that this was just a real coincidence. It's too close to home, so let me do it myself. So he went and got one, too. The results come back, and it's a 99.9999999999% probable paternity that that is his father. This is crazy because Dwight Allen is supposed to be Kirk's father. Because of the mama lying, Kirk thought he already buried his father. He flew to Texas when he found out he had cancer and went to the funeral, got closure, all of that. This scene was really hard to watch. Imagine you buried your father and your father is still alive in your community. Still, with all this chaos going on, he still decided to go to the studio that was already booked with his singers and told them what was going on. He also recorded this song, Somebody's Son. The one thing about Kirk Franklin, that pen always worked. He said, I would give up every trophy that I wanted to be somebody's son. And the church kid in me was like, you're a God's son, you're a God's son. A few days later, he sets up a meeting to go see his biological father and show him the results for the first time. He showed the man the results and he just started crying, boo-hoo crying, because he had no idea that this was his son. He didn't even know he had a son. Make the mama even more trifling. Kirk didn't even know how to properly hug this man. This whole scene was really sad. Kirk then goes to meet with his mama on the same day because he said he needs to get everybody's story on the same day so nobody can talk to nobody and flip stories around. He called his mama's sister Sandra, but she is rude. Let me tell you something. Sandra would have got cussed out. I'm 53 years old. Who are you talking to? I'm a grown man. Even when he got to the house, she was like, get your ass out the car. Like, girl, who are you talking to? And then you talk about my name is Aunt Sandra, but you ain't call me nephew Kirk. So why does it matter? Sandra is a piece of work, okay? She would have got this work, okay? Kirk didn't go inside until his mama got there. He said he was not going in the house without her, and I wouldn't do it either. Kirk shows Deborah the results, and she talk about that's not true on my mother's grave. That's not the truth. Girl, it's a 99.999% just like hand sanitizer. You ain't that 1%, baby. That's the father. 
But what really irritated me was that you refused to take a DNA test, but you saying this one not true. Everybody taking DNA, you sitting on your ASS. Then the second test still say that he the father. Girl, come on. Sitting in this meeting lying, Kirk is literally crying out to you, talking about he just really needs this foreclosure for himself. He's been hurt since a child, and you still lying. And I really appreciate Rick in this moment because he was just like, at your own pace, I'm open, my house is open, whatever you need. Like, that's what he needs right now. Not nobody lying to him who's been lying his whole life. It be your crazy sister who's supposed to be on your side talking about look at the DNA test. Like, girl, why are you still lying? Everybody looking at you like you crazy. Mama storms out upset because Kirk said he don't want nothing to do with her until she stopped lying. Like, girl, you have your son back when you stop lying. I wouldn't mess with you either. Kirk then meets up with Carrie on trying to reconcile with him about their relationship because, you know, it's not always been good. This was the scene that really had me in tears because it's like hurt people really hurt people. Kirk been hurt, so of course he hurt Carrie on. Kirk apologizing, Carrie on understanding them hugging because they both needed the hug. This was really good. Because if y'all noticed, Carrie on came in there on BS. He was ready to turn up on Kirk like what do you want to talk about like we haven't talked in two years like stop playing with me so to see it turn the way that it did because I thought this was gonna go a whole different way I was really happy so the documentary ends with him working towards a better relationship with his dad with Carrie on and him still not talking to his lying mama all I gotta say is you your daddy's son I would have been at the funeral like yeah that's his daddy for sure lastly my final thoughts is older people stop trying to hide your past because the only thing you're doing is hurting everybody who was made in the process I have both of my parents in my life and this still blessed me so if you have not seen it go to YouTube right now and go watch it it's really worth it Kirk Franklin was dropping gems this whole movie he is a walking lyric my favorite one that he said was who am I well because I only know myself broken ooh that's a word and his new album drops October 6th called Father's Day and I know it's about to be fire so I can't wait dang Kirk really went through it y'all and I think that his family probably would have wanted to say it, but it's just he's famous. If he was not famous, I don't think they would have told him all the tea, but it's because he's famous that they were kind of like, to me, apprehensive about telling him what's what. But yeah, that's Kirk's life, guys. Kirk went through it. But hopefully he got some closure. Now he, he'll make another song about it. Imagine me being me, trusting you totally. Um, let's see what we got next. This is Dave. Dave was newly divorced and decided to sleep around. Why not? I'm not interested in being serious. I am seeing other people. Dave was sleeping with Carrie and Liz. Everybody knew, no big deal. One day, Carrie and Liz ran into each other at Dave's. They just happened to be there at the same time. Later that day, Carrie sends a text to Dave saying, let's move in together. Dave is like, whoa, 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 whoa. And definitely no. Carrie flips out. Don't ever speak to me ever again. Dave is like, no problem. From that moment on and for the next three years, Carrie starts to stalk Dave and Liz. Hundreds of emails, thousands of text messages. It even brings these two together. He's sitting around Dave's place and they would both get text messages from Carrie. See what you're wearing right now. Stuff like that. Dave changed his number a bunch of times, but it didn't help. One day, Liz calls Dave and says, Carrie has burned down my place. My place is burned to the ground. I almost died and all my pets died in the fire. Dave is like, I'm so sorry. We've got to do something. Let's get the police involved. Meanwhile, Carrie's family loses contact with her. She's bipolar and they assume she's off her meds. This is a wedding. She misses her son's graduation and she misses her father's funeral. She'll text every now and then, but that's it. Carrie's mom is suspicious because the texts don't look like they're from her. And she knows her daughter and she knows she would never just leave. Nobody takes the mom seriously. Until these two detectives and this forensic guy were like, you know what, this is all fishy. If a three long year harassment case and a missing woman who are linked, 
One guy says, I'm going to pretend like Carrie's alive, and you're going to pretend like Carrie's dead, and we'll see who can prove who wrong. They come to the conclusion that they can't prove that she's alive. And they actually start to suspect Liz because of the whole love triangle, but they couldn't prove anything. Until one day, Liz comes to the station where they are. And these guys are like, okay, play it cool. Liz has a new theory. It's not Carrie after all. I think it's one of Dave's old ex-girlfriends, the mother of Dave's kids. Also, Dave had a gun and now it's missing. Okay, uh, good theory. Thanks for letting us know about the gun. Can we have your phone so that we can get all the information off about the text messages? And she's like, sure. Meanwhile, the detectives tell Dave, we need your cooperation because we think maybe your girlfriend is making shit up. Dave's like, no. Soon after, Liz calls 911 from the lake. Somebody shot her. Who shot you, ma'am? It was Dave's old girlfriend. She's crazy, I told you. The detectives are not buying it because of everything they've been able to piece together forensically from her phone. Why does Liz have pictures of Carrie's car? Why does she have 30 fake email accounts? Detectives are like, you know what? Let's recheck Carrie's car. And that's when they find blood. It's starting to add up, I guess. Uh, she did leave a tablet here once at my place. And in the tablet, there was an SD card. Even though all the images had been deleted, they were still able to restore them. And one of the images was of Carrie's dead body. Even before that night at Dave's, this had already been stalking Carrie. After the night they had run into each other, Liz killed Carrie, then spent three years sending 15,000 emails and up to 50,000 text messages posing as Carrie. Using it to get closer to Dave, she burned down her own house, killed her own pets, and shot herself in the leg. Detective says she must have been working 40 hours a week to accomplish it all. That is a wild story, y'all. A very, very wild story. What's up, everybody? All right, you guys. So we know that former NFL player Sergio Brown is still missing. And we know that sadly his mother was found dead in a creek behind her home. So overnight, there has been a few updates in the Sergio Brown disappearance. So yesterday, we discussed that police did classify Murder Brown's death as a homicide. We now know that she did die from multiple injuries resulting in trauma. So that's what led to police classifying this as a homicide investigation. So Sergio is still missing, but we know that Sergio and Murder were last seen together on Thursday. Now neighbors have come forward and they are helping police with this investigation and they are helping with the timeline. We learned that the police have been called to the home of Sergio and his mother on multiple occasions. And neighbors and family members say that Sergio has not been himself the last couple of months. One neighbor is saying that police actually got the ring cam footage from his home and what they saw on it, y'all, is shocking. And they seen him taking out the trash and they seen him had a bonfire where he burnt all her clothes. So this is the first time that I'm actually hearing this, but this neighbor is saying that police saw on ring cam footage that Sergio was having a bonfire and he had burnt all of his mother's clothes previously to them being reported missing. Now, there was a post indicating that he might have been in Mexico City. There was a video that supposedly was circulating, but like I said before, that has not been confirmed. And as of right now, we have no idea what Sergio is. The family does not have no idea where he is. They are still advocating on Facebook, trying to get him to just come home. Now, if you have any information in the disappearance or the whereabouts of Sergio Brown, please contact police. This happened in Maywood, Illinois. But like I said before, allegedly there was a video in Mexico City. So y'all just be on the lookout for Sergio. 
I'm going to keep you guys updated on everything that comes out with this case. But as of right now, comment below and let me know your thoughts. My prayers go out to the family of Myrtle Brown. Let's get her some justice. Yeah, he definitely did it, y'all. That's just allegedly, but I'm sticking to it. Now, Tyler Perry is, uh, I got some exclusive information. So I just spoke to some people that did a, a spoof uh, uh, movie about him, okay? And it's based on uh, someone that he did wrong. I ain't gonna tell you the logi- you know, logistics of it because they still gotta market the movie and stuff, but it, it will be marketed on our platform. It's based on a true story. It involves everybody that he stepped on and lied to and stole from to get to where he is. He's been out filming documentaries and answering questions from the viewers because he knows that this spoof is coming and it's gonna highlight a lot of his, I wanna say, shark... Uh, business practices that he's used in the past to get to where he is. This is something that you've always done because you believe in cutting corners and, you know, f***ing over people. That's why you're the only one in Hollywood right now that's able to work. Because ain't none of them up that work with you in the union. And you own the writers. So you, you, could, you could continue to write and do everything. But I'm like, Tyler, you need to stop. I don't know. Tyler Perry. I like Tyler Perry. He's just, I mean, everybody's sketchy, y'all. For real. I can't not deny that. But you know who's not sketchy? Me. You know who'll be back tomorrow? Me. Y'all stay safe. Y'all be good. I'll be back. Stay up. Keep keep your positivity going, y'all. Trouble do not last always. <laughs>